Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. Heather and I, we want to invite you to come and see us at the Bird Fair, where everything pregnancy and baby is under one roof. We will be at the Coast Langley Hotel for this fun event, March 7 and 8. Tickets are $10 at the door and only $5 online. It's so affordable, Heather, huh? Definitely. Totally. So this is the perfect place for anyone who is expecting or thinking of starting a family, anyone with a new baby, bird professionals, or anyone who has a pregnant woman or a baby to shop for. The bird fair also has different seminars all day long, so you will feel leaving educated and empowered. So I think it's a great event. Come and see us. We'll be there and we'll have so much fun. Yes, join yeah. us. So today we're talking about pertussis, which is whooping cough. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hello, everybody. My name is Heather Fox, and I am the co-host of Parent Talk. I have two little ones at home. And today, I would love to share with everybody about our sponsor, LeapFrog Gymnastics. So Hudson and Alex have been having so much fun going to class at LeapFrog here in Coquitlam. It is um, a place where they get to have fun in their class, going through fun circuits with specialized mats and equipment, and of course, working all those great skills, body and spatial awareness, strength, balance, and social skills, of course. As a sponsor... Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes. And so that's for new members only with the promo code PARENTTALK. So for more information on programming and birthday parties, visit leapfroggym.com and we hope to see you there. Thank you, Heather. Hi, I'm Stephanie James. I'm a 37-year-old mother of a baby girl, Kennedy. She just turned about 14 months and I've just returned to work to teaching Uh, primary grades two and three. Awesome. So Heather, we can you tell us a definition of what is actually pertussis? Yeah. All right. So this is according to Wikipedia. So pertussis, also known as whooping cough or 100-day cough, is a highly contagious bacterial disease. Initially, symptoms are usually similar to those of a common cold, um, a runny nose, fever, and mild cough. This is then followed by weeks of severe coughing fits, followed by a fit of coughing, a high-pitched whoop sound um, or gasp may occur as the person is breathing in. The coughing may last for 10 or more weeks, hence the phrase 100-day cough. A person may cough so hard that they vomit, break ribs, or become very tired from the effort. Children less than one year may have little or no cough. Instead, they have periods where they actually do not breathe. The time between infection and onset of the symptoms is usually about 7 to 10 days. So that's the incubation period. Thank you. So Stephanie, uh, your daughter Kennedy had uh, pertussis. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. Um, she got it at around six weeks old. The uh, uh, vaccination for whooping cough is at two months. So she was only about a week or two before getting her vaccinations. 
and um, just had a really, really bad cough. I was sleeping in their nursery with her, and she would just, um, exactly as Heather said, kind of have that whooping sound as she breathed in. Her coughing fits um, would last one minute, two minutes long. She would start to turn kind of uh, purple and blue around her mouth, and you could tell that she was having a really uh, hard time uh, breathing. Uh, when she wasn't coughing, totally normal, healthy lungs, happy baby, smiling. And so we kind of, you know, let it go for a while. We thought it was just maybe a bad cold. Uh, ended up taking her to the clinic and to our family doctor who actually delivered her. And um, because she wasn't coughing at the time of appointment, they said everything is fine. They, you know, listened to her lungs. They were healthy. Uh, she looked healthy. She was smiling. Um so she really did not look like anything was wrong. But when those coughing periods did come, um, usually around every hour, um, that's when she would uh, start to turn color and uh, and the whooping would start. So uh, I uh, have a girlfriend who's a doctor, and so I went to her one day uh, quite distraught because she, you know, the night before I'd been up all night, she was turning purple. I was very worried. Uh, we went up to Whistler for the weekend, uh, and her and her partner are both doctors, and they were hanging out with Kennedy. And um, they, at one point, asked me to videotape her coughing spell. So we vid- videotaped it. It lasted over two minutes. And that night, my friend uh, texted it to a respirologist, um, and he said, you need to get that baby to um, emergency. You need to get the baby into the hospital as soon as possible. Just because she was having, she was struggling so much, you could tell with the change of color in her face um, that it was, uh, it, was, it was very serious. So we uh, drove home, went straight to Children's Hospital, and were admitted there uh, for a couple days. And they had her hooked up, and we're just keeping an eye on her oxygen levels. And, uh, you know, and so every hour, you know, the alarm would go off, they would rush in, they would have to, you know, put on their gowns each time they entered the, you know, the room, but kind of by the time they entered, uh, you know, the coughing fitted, you know, had stopped and she was kind of bounce, she was bouncing back really, really well. So they never had to give her oxygen. And I think that's, you know, kind of if they had to give her oxygen, that would have had us in the hospital even longer, but she was kind of bouncing back, recovering really well. And so they gave her a five-day dose of antibiotics. She got a couple doses when we were in the hospital. And um, and so we went home and we had th- uh, three more doses for her. At that point, I was starting to feel the symptoms as well. And so um, we had a visit from the community nurse. And so she said, you need to get on antibiotics yourself. And so I was put on the five-day um, round of the antibiotics, the erythromycin, and um, kind of throughout that short period, we found out that my husband probably gave it to her. He caught whooping cough somehow. And uh, because you know, I was in the nursery with Kennedy, she was a newborn. I wasn't with him. You know, he was at work during the day, so I wasn't hearing his cough. I wasn't seeing him, his symptoms. So, you know, he was interacting with her, gave it to her. She gave it to me. Um, and so we both were on the antibiotics. So the real bad whooping, the change of color in her face and her mouth, that stopped quite soon, which was really great. Um, but the cough persisted over months. Um, another name for it is the 100-day cough. So I was kind of, you know, counting down the days. Okay, after 100 days, it's going to be great. And she still, uh, still like the cough kind of hung around. And so we've been told that for the first few years of her life, 
Uh, she'll have, you know, she, her lungs have, you know, been beaten down a little bit. So when she has the average cold that any other kid would have, her cough is going to be a little bit more harsh. You know, she's not in any danger, but, you know, she will have a little bit uh, of a stronger cough. And, um, and you know, until her lungs really mature and, and heal up, that will uh, be her reality. So, mm-hmm. so what was her symptoms? Um, it was the change of color and the long periods of coughing. Like she was, it wasn't just, you know, coughing a few times and recovering during the day when she was napping, she would cough herself awake and be unable to go back to sleep. So napping didn't really happen. She'd be five, 10 minutes into a nap and, um, would cough herself awake. And it was just the long, the, the length of the cough. And it was, you know, people, um, I, I don't know if I had a friend that, you know, was kind of wondering what it was. Cause she, I, I forget who, but someone asked, you know, about the change of color in the face and, um, and that's kind of the biggest alarming thing is that she was kind of turning bluish purplish and it's, you know, it's hard to tell in the, the dark of night, you know, when she's waking up constantly during the night, but it was bad enough that you, that you could tell. And so with the change of color, with the whoop, you could tell that she was really struggling to get a breath in. Um, that was, you know, what told us that, uh, it was something other than the average flu or cough. So the treatment I'm hearing was um, antibiotic. Antibiotic for five days, and that's all. And they just kind of say now it's it's going to sort itself out. You know, it'll it. You know, her lungs have been um, uh, affected enough by the cough. It was such a vicious cough that it's going to take a little while for them to heal, and you know, for the cough to completely disappear. Um, what she also had, which was kind of a side note away from the pertussis, is uh, she had a bronchial cleft fistula, which means she was born with a little um, hole in her neck, just like a pinprick size. It looked like a little teeny dimple. And um, and so she had that since she was born, and it wasn't until about 10 months that we went to the pediatrician, went to the doctor at the hospital, and uh, they decided to close it up just for risk of, uh, risk of infection. And it was the day after that surgery that her cough completely stopped. So that was life-changing. Um, you know, who knew? And I asked, you know, did that have any connection to her getting whooping cough? And they said, absolutely not. But it was just kind of a weird coincidence. And so the moment that that um, fistula was was closed up, the cough hasn't returned since, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. How long are we contagious, like little ones, or you when you had it, right? And then what happened around when you were out and about not knowing that you... Yeah, several weeks, I guess, you know, with the incubation period. I didn't know any of that. It's uh, after we were diagnosed, several people told us, oh, you know, there's an outbreak in Vancouver. It's it's very scary right now. Many babies are getting it. Um, Being a mom of a six-week-old, I wasn't watching the news. I wasn't, you know, online searching for things. Nothing, you know, before this concerned me. So I wasn't, uh, you know, out there looking for... uh, you know, kind of reading up maybe as, as much as I could have, but, uh, I'm not sure it's several weeks, I believe. Um, but again, I, I don't know when Ryan got it, you know, he could have had it for, you know, since she was born and, you know, it, it's been, being in the, in the, in the life of a, of, with a newborn, you know, it was, it was all about her and I wasn't, uh, you know, being uh, aware of his illness and how it could affect Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So how can we prevent the 
vaccinations really uh, you know it's what they say is one of the reasons that it's kind of coming to the forefront again is that there are a lot of uh, families that are choosing not to vaccinate their kids and so things such as the whooping cough that you would hope or think would be eradicated are um, coming back and uh, you know each each time a child or an adult has it it kind of morphs a bit and is easier for the next person to get it. And, you know, vaccinations don't work as, as well as, you know, as, as they're meant to, if, you know, when more and more people start to catch it. So I would, I would encourage families to, to vaccinate their children for sure for their own child's safety, as well as, you know, those children around them. Were you vaccinated? I was, yes. And uh, I was not given the booster though. And that's another thing that came up after Kennedy's diagnosis that, um, pregnant women, uh, uh, many doctors were suggesting that uh, their pregnant patients get the booster for whooping cough, um, but I never heard about it, never knew to ask. It wasn't until afterwards that um, uh, several of my friends that were pregnant with babies at that time um, were exposed to Kennedy. You know, she was coughing around them, being around them. It was before we knew it was more than just a cold. So they had to go and get boosters. Um, grandparents who would be close to those babies when they were born, they had to go get the boosters. So um, it was, yeah, it was something that I think mothers when pregnant need to advocate maybe more for themselves by asking their pediatricians or their, their doctors, you know, what, what do I need to do to, to, you know, help my baby, you know, after being born, right? I mean, Heather, have you heard about this before? Like, because I think yeah. last year was really much out there, like in the news, yeah. like Stephanie said. I have even seen like someone had posted on Facebook episode of coughing from their daughters, and it was scary. Very. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, for myself personally, it was actually through my sister. There was an outbreak um, up in the Okanagan area. So, and my sister's um, ex husband had contracted it, and my sister. A previous to this had been an anti-vaxxer and then once he got it she was like oh my goodness like it was bad and you know and him being an adult she decided at that point okay the kids need to get vaccinated so that's what they did and um so then they were okay but there was an outbreak up there for a little while and yeah so I definitely had heard bits and pieces then on the news and things like that but It's quite scary. Um, My understanding is actually some children dies Mm -hmm. die of like contracting pertussis. I definitely after Kennedy got the antibiotics and was on the road to recovery, uh, people uh, started telling me of those stories. You know, I think they didn't want to scare me at the time, but uh, it started coming out of the woodwork that uh, you know friends of friends or family members, you know, many years ago had uh, lost many children to whooping cough. And so that was, it, it's much more serious and scary than I think a lot of people think. You know, you don't think that there's situations like that that can, you know, take your baby away, right? You know, with medication and, and everything these days. But uh, it is something that if you don't catch and you don't get them in and, and get that antibiotic, that uh, they can stop breathing. It would be completely devastating if I had the choice to get a vaccine and I decided not to. And now my baby contract a pertussis mm-hmm. and dies from it. Or or like your daughter, like 
for for rest of her life or yeah. for a little bit her her, her lung is going to be like really weak or she's yeah the doctor said that for the first few years at least she's going to have um a much harsher cough and i've kind of noticed that she started daycare a couple uh, months ago and i had to tell um you know the the teachers at daycare that she will probably be coming uh, you know, when she, uh, if she comes with a cold, you know, usual runny nose and stuff, she'll have a bit more of a harsher, uh, cough. So if they do, you know, notice that she's, you know, hacking away that, uh, it's not really something to be worried about that, you know, it, it just the sound of it is a little bit, uh, um, harsher than the, the average kid, but she, I don't think she knows any different, you know, the, the coughing, like I said, you know, even in the midst of it before antibiotics, she was happy. She was, uh, acted as if it was, you know, she was, she had it since she was five or six weeks old. So she hasn't really known anything different. So she just kind of carries on and, you know, coughs and it sounds pretty bad, but she's smiling and running around and doing what she's doing. And, uh, which is really great, but it, it's heartbreaking as a mom that, you know, for the first few years of her life that she is still going to be affected by that. Mm-hmm. I can almost see that a little bit, just, um, Hudson never got whooping cough when he was two and a half months old, he developed a cough and I was aware of whooping cough and the croup as well as RSV, um, which is a respiratory disease that babies can get specifically under three months. And so when he developed this cough, I got quite worried, especially I remember it was Easter dinner and he was in his bassinet and he would just coughing and coughing and then gasping for air and wheezing. And I was like, oh my goodness, like what's going on? Like I, so I was, you know, listening on YouTube to all the different types of coughs, like wondering like, could it be this? Could it be that? Oh my goodness. Of course, new mom. So we ended up going to the emergency that night. Um, and they were, again, <laughs> you go to the doctors, they don't cough. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and they, and, and they want it on a video, right? They exactly. want the picture or the video of it. And it's like, by the time you take out your phone, you press, you know, yeah. the, just the two or three buttons that you need the cough is done. The cough so is done. It just, so, yeah. So yeah. So unfortunately, I he didn't cough during our time at the emergency. Um, but you know, I talked to the doctor a little bit about you know what it sounded like, doing the best description I possibly could. And then the doctor checked his lungs and said, you know, well, the lungs are clear. So it should be fine, um, you know. But if you know he develops more of a fever or anything like this, these are things to watch for. So now his cough at that point did not go away. So I was like, you gotta listen. You gotta be that mom, that gut instinct, right? And I was like, so I took him to our family doctor, who had, actually our well, family doctor wasn't there, but the replacement in the same office was. And he again, oh, Hudson's such a happy guy. Mm-hmm. Listen to his yep. chest. Oh no, he's fine. It's just that he's you know, got the extra drool and he's choking on that. Like he was making other weird excuses for this cough. Two days later, I'm like, this is not normal. This is not. So this is again, moms, you got to advocate for your children. gut feeling. You got to trust it. So again, went to a drop-in clinic. This doctor's like, he has severe bronchiolitis. So... Oh my goodness. So, so frustrating. So, I mean, it didn't progress to RSV, thank goodness. And so we just used, um, he just had like an inhaler that I had to give him and that was able to clear it up enough that he didn't have to go onto the antibiotics, thank goodness. But again, like it's very frustrating because 
you know, doctors are there to help you, but at the same time, they're not hearing what you're hearing all the time and you've got to trust your gut instinct. (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, right? You know, like Kennedy, she had no fever. Her lungs were great. Several doctors, you know, saw her the days prior to her being admitted into the hospital. It wasn't, it was just taking, it was being in the same room, hanging out that weekend with my girlfriend and her partner who are both anesthesiologists and they knew enough, you know, being in the medical field. It took until my friends uh, sent the text message to a respirologist that he looked at the video, heard the video, and he was the one that said, your friend needs to get in. But other than that, you know, the doctors, it was it was not a problem whatsoever from what they saw. And it was, you know, and it was, it was Thanksgiving, you know, we were having uh, all of our family over for dinner and it was like, well, we need to go home. We need, you know, we have, and it was just drop everything, get to the hospital and ended up being there for a couple days and, and group as well. She got group at Christmas. And I think that was, um, a result as well as having the whooping cough, having the weaker yeah, lungs, the weaker lungs yeah. right? And apparently croup, from what I've been told, you know, kind of like reoccurring as well. You know, once you get croup, you are a little bit more subjective and susceptible yeah. to it. So right? what is croup? Croup is that seal cough. Um, I can't speak too much about it, but it is a harsh cough as well. And it's what... Um, we wondered that Kennedy might have before she was diagnosed with whooping cough. Lots of people that heard, you know, me say she has a bad cough. She has a really tough cough. She's, you know, she's uh, coughing really loudly. They said, you know, does it sound like a seal? And I don't, I don't think so. I don't really know what a seal sounds like. Uh, but when they do have croup, you know exactly what a seal sounds like because <laughs> it's very uh, specific. It's a very harsh cough. And that um, she had to, it's not something that you can get antibiotics for. You need to get a shot of steroids. Because it's a viral. It's viral. And um, we went to the clinic um, because it was Christmas time. It was like the day before Christmas Eve. My doctor, you know, doctors are busy and the clinic would not give us the steroids because it does have a negative effect on babies. I think it oh, um, it can affect their bones and bone bone growth because the shot of steroids they need to give is very powerful. It's 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 big. So the, yeah. yeah, the inhaler that Hudson had it again is a steroid as well. So the doctor, like I think it was the pharmacist, they said, "Oh, is he going to be on this permanently?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh no, it's just well he has this cough." And they said, "Oh good, because there's actually." studies showing that it delays growth and all this kind of stuff and has an effect. Like, whoa. Right. So it's very scary. But what we, you know, when the clinic didn't, the clinic said, you need to get to the, you know, we're not going to tell you to go to the hospital, but it's Christmas. Doctor's offices are going to start closing. So we went straight to emergency. The doctor didn't think twice, just gave her the shot, said, this is what you need to do. And um, she was great the day after. Um, But it is, again, one of those things. Now she's had it. She'll probably have it again. Um, and it's, it's scary when it's, you know, any medication you give your child, you want to be very sure of, um, but with the steroids that it does have that effect on the bone growth, it's, uh, it's something that you want to be certain that they have it. And and when they do, you do that, that seal cough, the moment she did it, you, you instantly, um, it's, is recognizable. But it's hard because all our babies are out there. We are out there. We need to have a life. And, uh, wash we, your hands. And yes, <laughs> wash your hands. Yes. I think it's the main thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Also just being proactive, not taking your little one out when they're not well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like sometimes it just means we have to have a day at home and that's okay. And there's lots of activities they'll join in next time. And <laughs> yeah. But definitely and we want to respect everybody that way. Mm-hmm. And I think as mom, we all like, 
have to be okay with this. Yeah. Like you're the yes. one is sick or, or we actually talk about it. I think he's got a little like runny nose. It's exactly. been a few days. Are you okay with that? Yeah, or you're exactly. Not? Then Being it's all actually, honest about it. Yeah. Yes. It's actually the other person's choice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, my son had a runny nose, I think for three weeks at one point, you know, I was just, yeah. are we going to go out? Are we going to go out? Well, you know? and also the other thing that can mask is teething can cause runny noses. And so another thing to watch for, is it a clear runny nose or is there color? Yes. So if it's a constant clear runny nose, more than likely it's going to be teething if there are no other symptoms. Mm-hmm. So things like that, because you're right, you can't also stay at home and not go anywhere. Like babies and children and us, we're all going to get a cold every once in a while. So exactly. that's going to make our immune system stronger, to be honest. So Yeah. And I think the vaccination, right? I think yes. that's the... That's kind of the key. Yeah, absolutely. Key, yeah. All right, Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. Can you please read that to us? All right, here for some fun. Are you ready? Yes. How was your grandparents' childhood different from yours? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my to like... <laughs> Very different. Oh, extremely different. Who wants to okay. My Heather. well, let's see. My granddad was born in 1913. So I mean, we're looking at over a hundred years ago at this point now. So when our grandparents were around. So I mean, I remember him talking about the old Model T Ford. Like yeah. <laughs> so things like that. I mean, I also remember hearing him talk about um he like so this isn't even when he was a child, this is when he was an older teenager, young, early 20s, that he lived in Vancouver, but he had this cabin in Langley. And I mean, so nowadays, for anybody listening, not the lower mainland, um, Vancouver to Langley is maybe a 45-minute commute, and Langley is very populated. Yes. (laughs) It's where you go when you can't afford Vancouver. (laughs) Exactly. So yes, very populated, tons of buildings. Yeah. Well, back then, there was apparently this... Um, like a trolley or train that went out there because <laughs> there was no road. There, the Highway 1 had not been built yet. And he would get on this little trolley or whatever and go out for the weekend and work at his cabin. And so, I mean, it's just crazy to think. And then my Nana, who like her, his wife, she's still alive. She's 96. So, I mean, listening to their stories and then how they've now seen the world progress and like, all the inventions and development and oh my gosh, I just, even for ourselves, right? When we were little, we didn't have cell phones. We did, you know, I mean, so the scope of life that our grandparents have the seen. The technology, moly, right? Technology. It's just huge. Yeah, I, uh, my grandparents um, passed when I was quite young. My um, opa, when I was in grade school, same with my grandmother. Um, my oma, my mom's mom passed before uh, before I came around. So my grandpa, um, all I know really is that he was um, on a farm in Saskatchewan, I believe, you know, a big family in a little farmhouse. I can picture the picture of him right now, but uh, oh, massively different with all the technology and bigger families and working on the farm. And uh, it's it's a completely different lifestyle than ours, yes. for mm-hmm. sure. My family, my dad's side was from a little city and they didn't have very much, like it's... They had to support each other, and they were their their hobby would be going fishing and hunting yeah. and surviving yeah. for living. And my mom's side was they were actually they were still actually my uncle is still uh, owning the land. They were farmers, 
So they were uh, working hard. My family, even my mother right now, is such a hardworking woman. Yeah. yeah. She still works so hard for everything she has. Yes. And it's, uh, it's definitely a different world than now. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, definitely. We appreciate where we are kind of now. and But then at times, I kind of wish things could be a little simpler at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So true. That concludes today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time of being here and contributing to other parents' lives. For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. And you can review us on iTunes. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.